Welcome to the Wolverine Digest Podcast, the best spot for objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Bradley. Well, I was going to start by saying go blue. The friendly confines, Chris, on a Friday night. The friendly friendly confines on a friday night i am uh god i'm anxious as anxious well, as shit for tomorrow yeah just yeah, the anxiety like i'm not obviously i'm not playing in the game i feel <laughs> so much anxiety and my i just want to like get the game going almost i don't want to say get it over with because i want to enjoy enjoy the experience assuming the game is an enjoyable one but yeah damn the anxiety i go back and forth between enjoying like this moment you know it's it's the eve of the game and it's all the build up and the excitement and everything is still right there in front of you and then you know tomorrow at four o'clock or so you know it'll all be decided and uh, we're gonna know we're gonna know a lot we're gonna a lot know. of questions are gonna have answers. Yeah, about <laughs> four o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, that's that is a crazy thing, a crazy way to think about it. And you know, obviously, uh, we've talked about this both of our first times going to the shoe. I mean, I've been covering the team for nine years and I've never been there, so I'm I'm super pumped about that. Yeah. Obviously, the stakes couldn't be any higher. The atmosphere is gonna be absurd. Um, it's ever it's every single thing we could have asked for for this game, the final season, the final regular season. Uh, game of the year, like I said, the stakes, Big Ten title game, college football playoff, bragging rights, defend the back, defend the uh, the defend the the Big Ten title. Uh, it's just it's got everything. It's got every storyline you could possibly want. Heisman Trophy implications. Yeah, Heisman Trophy implications. I mean, literally everything. In a way, and I was thinking about this today. Yeah. In, in a way, this is almost like this is almost like its own national championship game. I mean, I feel like these are two of the legit best teams in the country and they're going to face off on Saturday. And I know that there's a college football playoff and there's a process, but this almost kind of feels like a little national championship game before you get into the, uh, the college football playoff. And so I'm, I'm just, like I said, excited, nervous, anxious, all of the emotions flowing yep. through my body here. And I'm not, I'm just going to be some dink on the sideline taking pictures <laughs> and I'm nervous as hell. Dual income, no kids. Nah, that's not the kind of dink we're talking about. Not the kind of dink we are. Not that kind. About. Not that kind. We'll throw this up. And look, there's a lot of people talking about it already. It's inevitable. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the speculation. Who is in? Who's out? What are we hearing? What are we not? I'll throw it up there because it was a donation. I Look, I thought from jump, all those guys are going to play. When you've got yeah. Morris in uniform, you've got Schoonmaker in uniform. You've got Blake, who came back after halftime, gave it a go. You had Donovan standing over on the sidelines running around like he could play. Of course, if it's a hand or a wrist or a thumb or whatever we've heard, that that wouldn't hinder you from running around and moving and stuff. But at the end of the day, it, it's just it's just too big. It, it's if, if you can like if you're not a dead body, if you're not in traction, if you don't have several body casts on, like you're gonna try. I don't know what that means in terms of snap count, in terms of effectiveness, in terms of production. But I will be shocked if all of those guys don't at least give it a go. And that's not that's not inside scoop. That's not me digging yeah. stuff up. I just know how these dudes are wired, what this means to them, what kind of team and teammates they are. I just think you're going to see all of them at least give it a sh give it a shot. 
Yeah. Yeah. I do think Jim Harbaugh said during the week, like, look, if you can't practice, you can't play in the game. And that's, mm -hmm. that's just the way it is. And I believe, you know, and again, it's speculating, it's the rumor mill. I don't really, I, listen, I, I have direct connections to several of the players have never asked them once about their physical health. I just, that's not, that's not the type of relationship that I, I want to have with those guys. And so, uh, but I did hear that uh, Mike Morris was able to practice or has been practicing. Blake Corum has been practicing. I mean, I've heard, you know, those those guys, I've felt good about Blake Corum ever since he, he went back into the Illinois game. To me, if it was something right. significant, right. if there was a serious issue there, there's no way you put him back on the field, you know, as a decoy would be one thing, but he actually carried the ball and was like trucking guys along with him. And so, you know, that, that thing has been trending towards Blake playing um, for me all week and, it does give me a little more confidence, man. Seeing number two out there in, in the backfield and out there with JJ, I, you know, I, I have, uh, my slider has moved a little bit more in the positive direction from where it was on Wednesday. So feeling a little more confident on a Friday. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into all of that. I'm sure we'll see where me and Chris are, are yeah. as, as we, as we march towards, uh, the day of we're five hours short of Saturday being here officially on the clock, but the, the game Eve, man, it just has a ooh, Chris is right, dude. It's got a feel, man. Me and Chris There's are going to pull out of here bright and early, early. 6 a.m. Early. Right Maybe even earlier about that. We'll, we'll talk about that all. I might be pulling up a little bit earlier than 6 a.m., but we'll. We'll discuss that after. Like one fifteen, Chris is like, "I'm here." No, <laughs> look, I just want to avoid any any sort of traffic issues, anything we could run into that would deter us or keep us from making it to Columbus on time. Like we've we've experienced those situations. Now, granted, well, we're not taking the RV, so yeah. you know a little less a little less risky. But uh, you know, nothing is going to keep me from getting to that stadium. I'll I'll sprint if I have to. If I got to get out of the car and run down the side of the the highway, if I need to you know get on some roller skates and hold on the back of a bus whatever i gotta do i'll be there that's right so clayton thank you for the donation been a little busy we're all busy man we get it busy busy, busy busy everybody's busy man nothing nothing but wrong appreciate with that, that. thank all. you very much um all right so here we go chris we got several segments on a friday night the first one is one of your favorites because you get to call me dumb. You get to call. I don't know. Yeah. How do you really feel when you get to call? When you feel the when you feel forced to call me smart? I just feel like you know on the smart ones. I don't know if you're going far enough out on the ledge. <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like these really need to be some risk taking right. points here, and then we'll we'll see where things fall. So let's see what you I, got. I think you're gonna like these ones today. I think you're gonna like these five. I think you're gonna have a couple opportunities to call me dumb. I think I think some of it's going to be a little bit of a hard overhead matter for one Chris Briley. He's been known to do that from time to time. <laughs> but here we go. Number one, J.J. McCarthy will throw a touchdown pass and run for a touchdown in the horseshoe. I think that's smart. I think he's going to have to. I think I think you're going to have to use every single bit of what JJ brings to the table, and that's going to be his mobility. That's going to be his ability to you know to use his arm to put the ball down the field. I think he's going to have to throw touchdown passes, and yeah, I think he gets one in on the ground with his legs. So I'll call it smart. We're not off to a solid start here, Brandon. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, he's how many rushing touchdowns that's does he true. have on the year? That's Three? I, mean, I don't know. On. Not much. Not much. I'm out on the limb but, a little bit there. Listen, if there's a game where he's going to have to have it, I think it's going to come on saturday everything you got to empty the tank i like it i like it all right this one this is me this is me being a little more heart overhead let's hear it. i just the way the dude is wired 
the work he's put in, the Heisman campaign, the deuce is loose. Blake Corum will play at least 40 snaps tomorrow. His season average, Chris Breiler, is 41. I mean, it's hard to say because the the variable there is even if he's able to go and he takes a shot and it you know it it, it takes him out of the game like you know th- there is that variable there. But assuming that doesn't happen, yeah, if Blake Corum's able to play even if he's got a knee brace on, he'll be out there the full game. I think that they're they're pushing all their chips onto the table to get this one because honestly, if you don't get it. You know, the, even some of the players on the team had said it. Like, if you don't win this game, then the rest of it was just kind of a waste. And so I think uh, if he can go, he will go. And so, yeah, I'll say, what did you say, 40? 40 snaps? 40, yeah. 40 snaps. Smart. The average is 40.9 snaps. <clears throat> excuse me. 40.9 snaps per throughout the course of the season. He has played 450 snaps this year over the course of 11 games. So, yeah. You know, and he's missed, He, you know, some of the games he didn't even play in the second half. And, like, yeah. against yep. Illinois, he was dinged. But, like, that's his number, and I'm saying 40. Look, I, I don't I don't know. There's no way to measure it. And you know everybody in a winged helmet wants to be out there for every single snap. I I think if you polled every Michigan fan there is and, set, and asked, give me your five guys on the roster who want this game more than anybody. I think Blake Corum's going to be named a lot. And yeah. because of that, if he can, dude, if his leg is attached, he's going to try to give it a go. You know he'll who else? With something, he'll have McCarthy's on that list. Yeah, he's on that list out. as well. Yeah, so I just feel like I feel like he's Rod Moore. If it's even remotely possible he'll be out there. All right. Again, another variable. I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that J.J. McCarthy has looked a little out of sync when Luke Schoonmaker's not on the field. Uh, he he was clearly a, a security blanket. He had a lot of chemistry with him. There yep. was something there. Whether you not, whether you want your tight end to be your second leading pass catcher on your roster or not, he was a good thing for JJ McCarthy on the field. I expect Luke Schoonmaker to play tomorrow. He looked like he could have went last week. Luke Schoonmaker will catch at least five balls. That's a that's a bit of a limb, is it not? It's a bit of a limb. Yeah, you got to factor in Colson Loveland's made some big plays lately. They might try to get him in. He's got his mojo going. I'm going to say dumb, but only slightly because I do think Colson Loveland is going to get some reps out there. He's he's made some catches. He's been a factor and he's played in the last handful of games. And so he's, you know, I, I don't know how quickly you come back from that if you're Luke Schoonmaker and how quickly you get back into the rhythm. But uh, I'll go under. I mean, even if he's at four, it's still a pretty significant day for him given what his production's been like prior to the season. Fair enough. So just a little dumb? Just a little little dumb. dumb. Just a little stupid. A little bit dumb. All right. This one pains me, and I hope I'm dead wrong. I I hope I'm dead wrong, but watching Mike Morris just move around the field last week, I I, he looked – he looked in rough shape again, not trying to, I'm not trying to speculate. That was for everybody in the world to see who was at the game. He was out there in uniform. He was moving around, but he wasn't going through warmups. He wasn't, he didn't have much, you know, much pep in his step. Considerable, considerable limp in the tunnel. Yeah. We're not, we're not breaking any news here. And I think just based on how that looked, I find it very hard to believe he'll be anywhere near a hundred percent. Again, not a doctor. I hope I'm dead wrong. Maybe it was something that cleared up within a day or two. I hope that's the case. But I don't think that Mike Morris will record a sack. I don't know what he's going to be able to give tomorrow. So that's my prediction. 
No stack for Mike Morris in this big-ass game where we saw Aiden Hutchinson get three last yeah. year in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's smart just based on what we've seen. Again, totally speculating just based on what we have seen visually. I, I watched Mike Morris. I think it was coming out of halftime, going yeah. out, you know, for the Illinois game, and he was just very ginger on that leg. And you know, how much can you heal in a week? You know, go from you know limping and not really, you know, not really participating in pregame drills, not participating in the game, to go out and be absolutely dominant on the edge. I'm not sure that you can make that kind of recovery that quickly. But I will say this: the folks at the University of Michigan, if there's any group of people that can get somebody right for a game, they've got a hell of a crew up there, and. Would love to see it, but based on what I saw last week, I think it's, I think it's a smart call. Yeah, it's it pains me. It does because you need yeah. a guy like that to really show up. He's an emotional leader. He's a physical leader. He's the sack leader. I mean, you need a dude like that. And I again, I think he's going to give it a go. I think he'll be out there. We'll see Big Ninety on the field, but I'm I'm skeptical on how effective he can be just based you on. You got Braden McGregor. You got Jalen Harrell. Guys. You got no you know you got okay. guys out there that can that can be serviceable and get the you know. Um, Wow, Jesus! What's his first name? Moore. His last Derek Moore. Derek, Derek Moore. Moore. Yeah. Somebody we don't really talk about often has played in big minutes this season as well. They've got a lot of guys out there that can that can step up and fill that role. If unfortunately Morris is unable to go, there you go. Chris Fields, a regular. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Totally miraculously positive gut feeling about the game today. Maybe Jim Harbaugh being weird and cryptic at the presser. I don't know. But he feels good randomly. Well, great. I mean, the, you need yeah. all that you can get at yep. this point. You need all that you can get. And down here, Clayton, another, another dub, another twenty piece. Clayton, with what happened last year, he feels like Ohio will be chippy. I, I tend to yes. agree. Hopefully, Michigan can stay cool, stack the box. Do we think that Michigan's run game will be stopped by Ohio State? If so. Does the passing game have what it takes? I mean, that's that's, that's the million-dollar question. That's what we've been right talking there. about all year. I don't think Ohio State can stop the run, I, just like nobody else has been able to, and their run defense isn't that great. Listen, I'll say this. If, if J.J. McCarthy and those wide receivers in that passing game can start to take the top off of a defense and get those guys to think twice about loading the box – it becomes a completely different game for Blake Corum or CJ Stokes or whoever the hell's out there running the ball. I think if the Michigan offense proves they can connect on a couple of those early, it's going to change the whole complexion of the game. But that, that is the million dollar question is, you know, can the offensive line be as dominant as it has been through the first 11 weeks? I mean, they have been blowing guys off the ball. They have been making big holes for the running backs and it has been a formula that has worked worked so well that it's it's put them in a position where they're 11 and 0 and they've got a chance you know to do some big things ahead of them so yeah i don't know man that's a, you know that's a solid defensive front i know that this ohio state roster isn't quite what it was in 2021 but they've still got some skill players up there on the front you know particularly on the edge that can make things difficult so that's that's a wait and see sort of thing but i i feel like i feel like we are going to see michigan continue to do what they've done all year they're they're committed to that brand of offense and i think they're going to do it until ohio state proves that they can stop it and then once that happens then it's a matter of what does this michigan offense look like at that point and i think that's, the that's a big concern here's the deal ohio state has the number 15 rush defense in the country they give up about 107 yards per game you know who also gives about 110 yards of rushing up per game penn state and Michigan yeah. ran for like a billion yards on them. So 
true. Ohio State's talented, man, and they've played the same Big Ten's conference that Michigan has. Not real strong. So their statistical numbers look pretty good across the board. They've got guys who are going to be playing on Sundays. They've got talent, more talent than anybody Michigan has played this year. But I still like what Michigan does with the offensive line. And again, a healthy Blake Corum, I'd be singing a very different tune. But I I still don't think that they're going to shut Michigan's run game down. I just don't see it. Now, if they do, that's where the biggest concerns come in because I don't think that the passing game can suddenly flip a switch on the road in that environment against the most talented team they've played all year. I don't see it. Happening. I just feel like all you got to do is like, it doesn't have to necessarily be a switch that's flipped and it becomes, you know, this phenomenal elite passing attack. I just feel like if they can connect on one or two of maybe, them, I'll now, put it this way. Now all of a sudden the mentality changes and you've maybe done not, it. Not flipping a switch. That's what, that's exactly it. The last two or two or three words you just said right there. It's not flipping a switch. It's just, It'd have to be different than everything they've done so far. Right. Right. I mean, so, uh, you know, until I see it, I don't believe it. It's like, it's like, you know, back in the, I don't want to date myself here, but it's like Robert Ori back in the day going off for like a 40 piece all of a sudden. It's like, where the hell did that come? It happens. Those things happen. People get in a rhythm. All we need is that passing game. We know the pieces are there. We know JJ McCarthy is a phenomenal quarterback. We know we've got elite wide receivers. And I'm not using that term, you know, freely here I, I think we legitimately have elite wide receivers that can make big time plays it just hasn't connected over the first 11 weeks but they've got the ponies to do it and man if they can connect on a couple of those that's all you really need to get the mojo going and then on the flip side now ohio state has to account for it they've got to think about it and then play action becomes you know all of these things that have really made michigan one-dimensional by not being able to really be a threat deep that's off the table now, and Michigan can start to do some different things in the game that I think will give Ohio State some fits. Screeonk in the house. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I didn't uh, have a chance to really catch up with Chris about his, but I assume it went yeah. well. I mean, I, you know, I spent a lot of time on the turkey and the stuffing. but it was, Ate a lot of Thanksgiving food, took, took a long power nap in the middle of the day, woke up confused. It was dark, wasn't sure what time it was, wasn't even sure what day it was, really. Right. It was one of those types of naps. So, yeah, it was a success. Always good to do that. Always yeah. good to do that. You yeah, do that, right? You wake up, you take a nap, you wake up, and you're like, wait a minute, what day is this? Did I actually, fall asleep to the morning? I lied a little bit. Chris did text me and say, just got off about a three-hour standby, feeling pretty good. And, uh, yeah, so, no, it, it was good. I was back home, you know, my hometown with the fam. Yeah. Uh, good times were had. Good times were had. Ah, oh, damn it, if the Lions could have won, I'd have just been on cloud nine today, yeah. dude. Drink, hung in there with the Bills. Clayton again. Clayton must have got a bonus at work. End of the month bonus or something here. Throwing us another 10 piece. <laughs> he agrees with Chris taking the top off the defense. Need Michigan to take more shots if they don't connect just to keep the defense honest. There's some truth to that too. You can't you can't just put a lid on it if it doesn't work once or twice. You got to keep taking some shots. The problem the problem with doing that if they don't connect is you, your drives are going to end early. Well, yeah. And you're going to be giving the ball back to Ohio State and and that's that's the thing you don't want to do is have quick, you know, three and out type drives where you're stringing those together because you're trying to connect down the field and you're just you're essentially wasting plays at that point and you're giving the ball right back to that offense that that's scoring about you know 20 plus points every single half so you got to limit the amount of possessions that they have there is some 
not some, there's a lot of value in the way that Michigan plays offense in terms of ball control and time of possession. And especially if you have a healthy Blake Corum who can just, you know, pummel away at a defensive front, demoralize them. I think that's a big part of it, but certainly, you know, on the shots they do take, they've got to connect on those because I think that's just going to open the game up that much more. And they don't all have to be down the field. Like I said, on Wednesday, it can be Roman Wilson. I saw that AJ Henning made the trip, which is good news. Roman Wilson, AJ Henning, you know, Cornelius Johnson, Andrew Anthony, get them within 10 yards, get them on a quick crossing route, get the ball in their hands, get those guys in the flow of the game early as well. So that when you try those deep shots later on, they've already got the experience of touching the ball, making some things happen. They're not just glorified blockers out there. Glorified blockers. That's yeah. That's what, that's what I just don't drippy blockers, just drippy blockers. I just don't think it'll work, man. I don't think it'll work. All right. Last but not least, this is the other concern I have on the road in Columbus. Please just call me dumb because I think I, I want to be dumb about I'm this. I'm going to do it. I'm committed but to doing really, it on this one. I really think that Ohio State will lead at the half by at least seven points. <sighs> dumb. Dumb because they can't. Thank you. They can't. Yeah, it can't happen. Dumb call. They well, can't. Ohio, Ohio State cannot go into the half with any lead. Put it that way. They cannot go into the half with the lead. That, to me, is of the most importance. Like, if, if, if Michigan goes into the half trailing – I think that that's going to change the whole dynamic of the second half. I I just I don't think you're going to see a Michigan defense that's going to shut down that offense, particularly when and we'll get to it on some of our over unders. But I do think Ohio State's going to put up points uh, in the first half, and it's a matter of will Michigan keep up and can they you know can they compete with that offense? Yeah, there's no doubt. I, I just it's my biggest fear is that they get into a little bit of a hole, you know, early. The the momentum Can't just happen. I know it's my biggest fear being in that place and the, with the offense, the way it can score the energy in that stadium, when this thing kicks off is going to be off the charts. And if Michigan gets in a hole early, it is going to be a difficult hole to climb out of. I don't care how good the defense is. I don't care. You know, even if Blake Corm is out there, you, you, you can't fall down early to Ohio state on the road in this game. I just think that's going to spell disaster for the remainder of the afternoon. Michigan has to come out. Matter of fact, I think Michigan's got to score first. They got to come out. They've got to throw the first punch. They got to get in the end zone first. It can't be three points. They need to get seven points on the board first. And then I'll feel a little bit better about how this thing is going to play out, but certainly cannot. I mean, if they, if they fall down 10 to nothing, you know, 14 to nothing, that's, that's a steep hill to climb on the road in Columbus. Clayton says no bonus, just catching up for lost time, making up for lost time. <laughs> Grab a beer on, on him. Appreciate there you go. Thank you, Clayton. Appreciate really you. That. Um, all right, before we get to the next segment, Chris, a little word from our guy, Rich over. Hey, at- Richie, hey, Richie, here Richie. we go. Hey, this is Rich from Mediascapes located in Burton. Let me fill you in a little bit about our business. We are a full-service sign and graphic company from banners, yard signs, to vehicle wraps. When it comes to marketing your business, we also provide video and photography services as well as apparel and promotional items. If it's something that will make your business or organization stand out, we do it. And I guarantee we do it well. We are Mediascapes on Dora Highway, south of Bristol Road, just before Rock Bottom. Check out our work at Mediascapes.com. That's Mediascapes with a K.com. Mediascapes with a K.com. There it is. 810-410-4737 in Burton. Chris, this is, I, I should ask you this off the air because I feel dumb for not knowing. And also, 
maybe I should know since it's like part of what Rich said. What what is rock bottom? Is that like what is that? I think rock bottom. I think they do like uh, I think it's like masonry and stonework and okay. all kinds of shit so it's like just that. Another, like it, maybe a well-known business out there or something. Yeah, like that. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's, so every time I'm I'm at Mediascapes, there's always like big slabs of either granite or concrete or whatever the hell it is. It's it's rock out there, and I think all that's, right, it's rock bottom. I've heard it obviously all year long. I'm like. Is that a place? Like, is that I thought a it might be a strip club at first? To be quite oh, honest, because yeah. you know, you, you go in there, you're kind of at rock bottom, and uh, you know, that, that's what I thought. But just, I mean, I think there's a lot of people in here. Maybe some of them <laughs> frequent strip clubs, Chris. I don't know. Do you have to be <laughs> politically? Everybody that goes to a strip club is hit rock bottom, but it's certainly <laughs> not an indication that uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just just I pack mean, we've all, Listen, we've all been in them. There's nothing that feels good about being in a strip club. I mean, what are you doing there? What are you paying no. for? And then when you leave, do you ever leave happy? Do you ever leave feeling good about yourself? That was a nice, that was a solid investment. That, yeah, you don't ever have that thought. That's that's for sure. That was money well spent. That's for sure. All right. Well, I think she liked me. <laughs> big ten, big game. I guess there's a pretty big game in the Big Ten this week. That's obviously yeah, going to be our focal point one. down the stretch. Outside what, of what about Michigan State and Penn State? Well, listen, outside of Michigan, Ohio State, there's not really much of a matchup to focus on. But I am going to focus on Michigan State and Penn State. Give us a couple opportunities to take some shots at the Sparties. Take a look at that number. Just discuss Mel Tucker getting about two million bucks a win this year. Just kill it. Right. You know what I saw? What was really hilarious? I saw this on social media that. Uh, Michigan State has had has had more players, uh, con or not convicted, uh, facing criminal charges than they have wins this year. Yeah, that's how bad it is in East Lansing when you have more criminal charges than wins on the heel of a ninety five million dollar contract extension. That's not ideal. That's not ideal. I mean, he's getting over a over a million bucks a win. So here, here it is. Here it is. We're going to focus on Michigan State going to Happy Valley to play the number 11 Penn State Nittany Lions, by the way. They've not bad. Were they 9-2? and two? Yeah, the only two losses are to Ohio State Michigan. That's it. That's yeah. not a bad resume. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you know, they, they should be like number six or something because the, the, the committee loves, you know, high-ranked wins, uh, losses. They don't give a shit about it. Unless you're in the Big Ten. Unless yeah. you're in the Big Ten. So, sorry, Penn State. doesn't work that way for you. Don't worry about Tennessee with their LSU with their two losses. They got boat raced. Well, <laughs> Penn State kind of got that ass kicked too. So anyway, little soapbox there. No, dude, do you know the spread? Would you like to take a guess what Penn State is favored by over the half of Spartans right now? Uh, see, my gut says 17 and a half, but I think it could even be 24 and a half. It's 19, dude. Okay. 19 right. points. Yeah. Mel Tucker chasing the elusive sixth win. <laughs> the eligibility on the table. Bull eligibility on the table. What a performance after the $100 million contract. Woo! And if that wasn't enough, it's not time for this, this segment. Guy. He also kept 100, 100000 extra dollars just because. Reportedly. Guy's awesome. <laughs> Guys, just yeah, winning on all. Regardless of the circumstances surrounding it or the details of what came out, I was looking at my news feed the other. Uh, yeah, what was it? Yesterday or the day before, and saw 
you know, almost consecutively, it was when the charges came out and then the story about Mel Tucker pocketing a hundred thousand. I'm like, this is just, it's, this is going really well. And they're not even bowl eligible at this point. And they're probably going to get their asses kicked in happy Valley. So things are really going according to plan there in East Lansing. Uh, you know, just hang on tight, give it another year, give it another two years. I'm sure they'll be right in the national championship. Just, just finish a solid five and seven. Keep chopping. That's all Love you do. It. Just chop away. They just, they just got lost in the deep end, bro. That's all that happened over there. Maybe there was too much time spent on the, uh, you the know, video and all the, you know, all the, all the BS, not enough time spent on the substance, man. Oh man. All right. Well, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this one. I don't even know, dude. What? Just listen. I'm just going to list the rest of the games in the big 10. First Let's of all, Nebraska just beat Iowa. I so saw like, that what? Iowa was mounting a comeback. It looked like they found a little bit of offense there for a minute, for a minute. So there's another just powerhouse match in the West. You got Rutgers. I'll t- let's do it this way, Chris. You tell me which one of these games is shittier because there's let's quite a few. Rutgers at Maryland. That's, that's pretty, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Illinois at Northwestern. Also very bad. Minnesota at Wisconsin, I guess, is like... Mm-hmm. Is basically every single team in 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 that division in the, in, the, in the West Division playing for a shot at Indy? I don't even know what the situation is. I, I mean, like, I there's going to be a team from the West with like five losses that yeah. makes it to Indy. It's incredible. And then Purdue and Indiana. I mean, just that's the one right there. Yeah, that probably is the one. Pack it up. Pack the whole rest of the conference. I told. Up. I don't even know how good Purdue is this year. I'm, I'm telling uh, you, I routinely forget that Purdue is even in the conference. It's bad. It's all bad. But uh, one thing that's all good, Mel Tucker's bank account. That's all good. That's about all that's good over there with Mel Tucker and the Spartans, but that is solid. Getting paid. Solid, solid, solid. Lots okay. of zeros. That man make money over there. Man, look at you. You know, when you secure a deal for yourself, it's. He got the bag. Is, man. He got the bag. All right. So here's the plan. Obviously, tomorrow's going to be a long day. Chris and I are going to speak about our pullout. Pull that well. <laughs> just, just, get, just give me a minute, dude. Just, Pull it out. Showed it to you. Pulled it out. Showed it to you. I almost, <laughs> I almost said that Chris and I are going to co- are going to talk about our pullout game. I almost said that. That's okay. almost the words that came out of my mouth. The pullout game from how? How is it? Oh, you mean from leaving? From yes. Leaving what time we are leaving in the morning? I'm just going to stick with Chris and I are going to talk about what time we're leaving in the morning. Yeah. But it's going to be a long day. But even though it is a long day, mm-hmm. we're going mm-hmm. to Wolverine State Brewing Company. We Have want to. you to be there. Yeah. I mean, you guys who are not going to be in Columbus or a little closer to home, get there all day go go there and watch, the, watch game, the game yeah stick around hang out while we're while we're in route back i mean god you know we're god willing we're going to be se- celebrating a win it's going to be a positive drive home you know it will feel like we're walking into cheers when we get back that's what chris and i are hoping for sometimes you want to go i just hope it goes that way but whether whether however the game plays out tomorrow Come out to Wolverine State Brewing Company, get you some nachos, get you a sandy, get you some beers, 
either Talk we're to either going to drink to celebrate or we're going to drink to drown our sorrows. But there it either is. way, we will be drinking. There right? it is. Uh, Sean, that's a negative. We will not be hanging out in Columbus. We're going to pretty much hit the road, get back, spend some time with our sponsor, our beautiful sponsor, Wolverine State Brewing Company. Get some beers, get some food in us, do a show. Yeah, yeah. So we we've got a we've got a reason to hit the road quickly and get on back. So that's the plan. So everybody who can make it, please go. Last regular uh, season game of the year. Of course, Wolverine State Brewing Company is there all the time. But there, you know, there's a lore. There's a certain vibe that comes with being there on a game day on a Saturday. Obviously, there's tomorrow no is as big as it gets. We hope to see you out there, Chris. Any anything else on Wolverine? No, I just like I like I say all the time. Every time we go in there, we're we're treated like family. The food yes. is good, the beer is good, the vibe is good, the music is good. It's just it's it's all good things every time we're in there. And then especially when we get to share that experience with you know with people that you know follow us on the social channels or whatever, it just it, it creates a really cool environment. So yeah, if if you're in the area, if you plan on stopping out, would love to have you out there. The boys are going to be there. Like I said, one way or another, we're either going to be celebrating or drowning our sorrows. <laughs> And, and some pulled pork, mac and cheese and beer, but it's going to, it's going down at Wolverine state brewing company, probably going to roll in right around 7 PM. I would say we'll get back after the game oh, yeah. factoring in traffic. So sometime around 7 PM, 7 30, that's when we'll, uh, we'll arrive. There you go. Uh, th uh, this is a pretty good question. I mean, Chris usually throws them up in multiple areas. I think the last couple have had a specific photo gallery on the website over at Wolverine digest, but yeah. Follow yeah Chris so on Twitter. Uh, follow Chris on Instagram. There's some stuff on Facebook always, uh, articles on Wolverine. A lot on Instagram. A lot, a lot of the photos make it over to Instagram. Occasionally, I will put up the photo galleries, you know, from the game. Um, and I think for this one, it's going to be, you know, probably even more important that, that I get some up pretty pretty immediately after after the game as quickly as I possibly can. So, yeah, you can find them on the Facebook page. Twitter, Instagram is where a lot of that stuff goes out initially. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, it's Winged Helmet Media. Uh, you can find it over there. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of different places to find those photos. There you have it. All right. Well, this is uh, – this, this is a, this, I like this segment. I always – burning questions over unders. We get a lot of really good discussion. Yeah. Specific prediction-type stuff. Chris, would you like to lead us off on our over-under segment, sir? I will lead it off on the over-under segment. And let's talk about the birthday boy a little bit, Mr. Blake Corum. Happy birthday to Blake like Corum today on the eve of the game. Man, what a great present it would be to go out there and just beat the shit out of the Buckeyes tomorrow. Um, but we did talk a little bit about how much we think he's going to be out there. I know you talked about how many snaps he's going to play. I've got his carries, Blake Corm's carries set at 17 and a half on Saturday. 17 and a half. I'm taking the over under. Wow. So when you started the question, I had 16 in my head. So that would be the under. Then I remembered all that bullshit I said a little bit ago about how he's going to play 40 snaps because he wants it as much or more than anybody on the roster. And then in that case, I think it would be over. I think I'm going to take the under. I, I hate it, Ooh. but I think... Uh, I don't like that. Just everything I've heard this week is just that it's all about pain management and Blake just gutting it out. And I he might make me eat my words. He might carry it 30 times because that's how he is. That's how he's wired. That's how he wants it. But I'm going to take the under ever so slightly at about 15 or 16 carries. I'm going to confidently, 
confidently take the over on 17 wow. and a half. I do think right. it'll be up probably in the mid twenties. I could see it pushing 30 carries. Look, if he's out on the field, I think it's going to be business as usual, and they're going to lean on him until they can't lean on him anymore. And I think Blake's just built of the right stuff mentally and physically. I think he's done everything he can do to get his body right for this game. And like we talked about before, this is the time where, if it, you know, there's nothing to save at this point. I mean, now, granted, we're speaking at it from a fan standpoint. I, I believe it or not, Brandon, I have no shot at going to the NFL. So for me, giving up my body for this for this one game there's not much thought that goes into it. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that Blake Corum is factoring any of those things into, you know, whatever decisions he makes on Saturday. But I think if he's able to go, he's going to go full, full force. That's just the way he's wired. So I will confidently take over 17 and a half. Well, this, my first one is all, is all about the game flow. What we think happens you know how how Michigan adjusts at halftime. Do they come out of the gate a little faster in the first half? I mean, th- it it all boils down to how the game plays out. But I have JJ McCarthy's over under for pass attempts set at thirty and a half. Thirty and a half throws for JJ in the shoot. Over, over. And, and, and my next over-under, I think, will play into that a little bit. I think it's going to be over just because I think it's going to be necessary for, for those guys to move the ball down the field, through the air, whether it's intermediate passes, whether they're taking deep shots, I'm going to take the over. I'm also taking the over, and I'm seeing a lot of a lot of uh, followers taking the under on that. So I'm Under by a lot? But yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think they're going to have to throw the ball and – I just, I just think he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to try it out. I mean, we've talked about it all year long. No more, you know, no more, uh, no more vanilla approaches. No more. You got to go for the gusto in this. That was 30 and a half, right? 30 and a half. 30 and a half. Well, that leads right into my next one pretty well here. I've got JJ McCarthy's completions set at 22 and a half. So if we're taking it over. For for taking the over on 30 and a half, I've got completions at 22 and a half. Where do you fall? I'm going to go over by a hair. As soon as you started talking, I was like 22 or 23. So you you put the over under in the exact spot where I was kind of debating. I could see like a, I could see like a 23 out of 34 for 24, 33. Yeah. Yeah, Something like that. I'll take the over, but again, by just a little tiny bit. Little Same. Bit. The over by one and a half. I think he's going to get 24 completions on Saturday, and it's going to be out of necessity. So, yeah, give me the over on that. There you give go. me one All second right. to come out. Getting getting an echo here. One. Okay, so as Chris is getting that, I mean, I, man, I feel like a lot of times when we do these over-unders, I feel like the the opinions of, of you guys listening and following along are pretty – pretty close to what Chris and I say. I feel like there's been quite a bit of parody on these last couple ones. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. So I guess, I guess we will see Chris on the other side of the field, Coleridge, Bernard Stroud, the fourth. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like his mental makeup. I've, I, I don't want like, okay. As a lions fan, I don't want anything to do with that kid at the next level. He is talented. There's no doubt about it. He's got about, he's, nearing in on 40 touchdown passes this year. He's got some really, really uh, dynamic wide receivers. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the best one coming into the year, hasn't even hardly played. I think he's got five catches on this season. Um, 
but we know what Ohio State wants to do. So, C.J. Stroud, Coleridge Bernard's longest completion of the day, Chris. Longest completion of the day set at 34 and a half yards. Over. Yeah. Over. I think they are. uh, Yeah, I think there's going to be one or two that slip past that Michigan secondary, and and that's where – you know, the, the big plays, Michigan's going to have to limit the big plays through the air with C.J. Stroud, and I do think they're going to give up a couple of those, and it's how you rebound. It's how you recover. I'm not saying they're going to be for touchdowns, but I will certainly take the over on that. I would take the over as well. I mean, I didn't want to get into, like, the air yards, yeah. but I even I think I'd take the over on that, too, yes. if, it was, if yeah. it was over 34 and a half yards in the air. But I certainly think that there will be a pass for more than 35 yards, and it'll probably be a big one, and it'll it'll suck. But that's that's what their offense does, and that's the kind of weapons that they have. So I will take the over as well. Yep. All right, man, this is an interesting one because Ohio State, I think the last time I looked, they were averaging about 22.5 points per game in Big Ten play in the first half of each game. I've got Ohio State's points at the half, at the half, set at 20.5 on Saturday. Are you taking the over or the under? I would take the under. I would take the under. I still I still have confidence in Michigan's defense, even if Ohio State gets off to a pretty good start, even if they score on their first drive. There's nothing that's happened with Jesse Minter in that unit this year that makes me think they'd get lit up for 20-plus and a half. Now, it's a different animal. It's on the road. I mean, I get it, but I, I'll take the under by a little bit. I was thinking like 14, 17 something like that. So I'll take the under by about a possession. You know what? I'm going to take the under as well. And again, it's out of necessity. I think if Ohio state goes into the half with more than 20 points, I think that's a, that's a big deal because that shows that the Michigan defense really hasn't done anything to keep them, the Buckeyes from doing what they've done offensively all season long. So I am going to take the under, yeah, maybe around 14, 17 points and Michigan's going to have to be right there, right in the mix. Uh, but give me the under on 20 and a half because it has to be, damn it. It has to be. Well, I think I know where you're going to go with this one based on your answer earlier on how much Blake Corum is going to play. How about the production? Blake Corum over, under. Total yards, rushing yards. 99 and a half. Over. You, see, you think he's going to play over. a lot. Over. So yeah. Even even with a half a football, the, the the man has not been held to less than 100 yards all year long in Big Ten play. I think he's going to carry the ball a lot. I do think the offensive line is going to do what they've been doing all year. I think they're going to give him holes. I think he's going to hit him, and I think he's going to get you know a handful of big runs, big chunk plays. Now, does he have the top end speed to to break free and leave you know defenders in the dust and get to the end zone? I'm not sure, especially if you're wearing a knee brace, but. I think he's going to be over 100 yards. There's no doubt about it because he's going to get his carries. He's going to get his, and he's going to do what Blake Corum does. That's why he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. I find myself going back and forth on this one a little bit. I do, and it's just because the nature of that injury, if it is truly a bone bruise, the way he runs, dude, he's got he's so good at the jump cut and the hard plant and the change of direction. Like, that's... That's a that's a bone bruise in a knee's worst enemy is exactly how he runs. And I, that worries me a little bit. I'm still going to take the over by a little bit. I don't think it's by a lot. I think it might be like a buck 05, a buck 10. He got what? What was it? 108 against 108. Illinois and basically a half of football. He carried yeah. it once in the second half. He's just so good, man. He's just so freaking good. He makes he makes 
every little cut, every little sliver. He, he he rarely misses a hole. He rarely goes the wrong way. He rarely uh, he's rarely tricked by his vision. I just feel like he's he's his track record has been nearly flawless as a runner. And so I will go over, even though I think he's going to play a little less and he's going to be you know hindered by by his own style of running. Yeah, man, I, I, he's an incredible running back. I just, I, I think that if he's able to go out there, you're going to see him do what he does. Um, here's, here's the one of the biggest things I think that needs to happen on Saturday. That Michigan defense has to put Coleridge, Bernard, Stroud, the fourth, on his ass early and often. They got to get in his face. They got to make him uncomfortable. They got to rattle his cage right out the gate. I've got the sacks, though, for the Michigan defense set at three and a half on Saturday. Three and a half times they get to C.J. Stroud. Here's what I'm going to do for you, Chris. My last over-under was Michigan sacks over-under two and a half. How do we feel about our numbers then? I said two and a half. You said three and a half. Where are we at on that? I'm hammering the over. The over on three and a half. The over on three and a half. Because, again... A lot of this comes out of necessity. They have to get to C.J. Stroud. This is a game where you just got to find a way to get in the quarterback's face, and it's the same thing that they did last year. They made him real uncomfortable, flu or no flu, snow or no snow. He was uncomfortable. He was seeing ghosts out there, and he knew that David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson were coming for him, and I think they got to set that same tone this year. So give me the over. They're going to get in his ass early and often. They're going to rattle his cage. And he's gonna he's gonna be thinking about that for the rest of the game. I I I wanted to throw this at you and see if it if it rattled your cage a little bit. Let's see. Because Michigan had four sacks last year against Ohio State, three of them from Aiden Hutchinson and one from David Ojabo. You're still cool with the over. I'm still cool with the over. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, because you know what? I feel like a guy like Mike Sainer still is going to factor into that as well. Okay. I mean, I think they're going to be bl- – I think that the Some blitz – Exotic stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think the blitz designs are going to be a little more exotic, a little more confusing for Stroud. I mean, keep in mind, this is a kid who has not beat Ohio State or who's not beat Michigan before. He doesn't know what that's like. All C.J. Stroud knows of Michigan is pain and loss. And so I think if they can get to him early, hit him in the mouth early, it's going to be – you know, all of that PTSD is going to come back, and I think he's going to be rattled for the rest of the afternoon. But you got to get to him early. Cannot let that kid get into a rhythm. I'll take you know, over. Maybe Oki coming off one side. You've got Sanders. No still. Maybe a maybe a Mike Barrett right up the ah, right up the A gap, right up under stack fumble. Somebody picks it up. Yeah. You know, going back to the game against Minnesota to open up the COVID season, where I think Jeter picked it up after the Mike Barrett hit. Something yeah. like that. You yeah. got to get in that kid's face. Early cannot let him get into a rhythm. Face, ass, wherever you want to get into, it get in there. Every orifice, just get in Fill there and make him uncomfortable. Good lord. <laughs> anyway, I will say this. I don't, and I, I've seen many people mention it. It's not even really about the sacks because I, I really think that he, he could, he could throw a pass, complete it, and get popped and still be rattled and still fold up. He just, yeah. he doesn't want it. He doesn't want the smoke, dude. He doesn't. You can see it on his face. We watched it happen in Ann Arbor last year. And then all that happened afterwards, excuse after excuse after excuse. No owning up to it, no taking it on the chin, no saying it with his chest. All all extenuating circumstances that he had nothing to do with. So 
I'm, I'm with you, dude. I think that's very, very interesting. up in his ass like that banana bike seat, CJ Frazier. Hey, hey. Might be the most, most important thing in the entire game tomorrow, hitting yeah. CJ Stroud. You have to hit him a lot. Now, I'm yeah. not saying you got to, you know, we're not talking about injuring anybody. No, no, no. It's, dude, it's, it's just but, but this part, is, of the, part of the play. This is football. You got to get in there and you got to hit him and you got to make him feel it early and often. You got to rally. I, mean, I hope they don't get one penalty, like for a late yeah. hit or roughing or not. Just pop them. Every time there's a zone read carried out, give him a shot in the chest, man. All that stuff is legal. Give him something to think about back there. There's no doubt. Uh, so this is my last one because I had the sack number as well. Again, we're, we're going back. It, it just – coming up with some of these predictions made me realize just how much Michigan's dealing with with injury. It's like every main player you'd want to talk about is like a maybe. It's yeah. made it kind of hard to come up with some of this stuff, but I'm going to do another one. Donovan Edwards. And this is where – Whatever injury he's dealing with on his hand, on his thumb, on his wrist, it, it really limits what makes him special. But Donovan Edwards over under two and a half catches. Under. Under. I just I don't I don't think and this is one of those where I would be more than happy to be wrong. I don't think Donovan Edwards is going to be much of a factor at all tomorrow, if any. I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, he hasn't played all that much. He had one really great game against Penn State, and then outside of that, it's been sporadic at best. So even if he is on the field and he takes a hit the wrong way, you might not see him for the rest of the game. I'm, I'm going to go under on Donovan Edwards. There just, there, there hasn't been enough consistency there for me to believe that it, you know, it can happen in the biggest game of the year. Tim Darga, that's a great question. I don't know if it's his left or right hand, but I have heard it's hand. I've actually, it's not wrist, it's not thumb, it's not finger, it's like hand, which you can play through. It's a, it's probably better that it's not a wrist or a finger. Yeah. It's a pain management thing again. Shoot him up, put a padded glove on it, and try to give it a go, Seven. We'll see what it looks like. But if you're talking about a guy who's dynamic at catching the ball, and Chris is right, it's not like he's been... You know, on the field for 50 snaps a game, he's been pretty, you know, pretty sparsely used. So I, I will take the under as well. I mean, if he catches a couple, cool. I just don't know what you can really expect from him at this point. All right, man. So we've talked about a lot of things that are necessary. I think obviously Blake Corum playing is necessary. JJ McCarthy completing a lot of passes is necessary. Limiting Ohio State's points at the half, necessary. Getting to CJ Stroud, absolutely necessary. Here's another thing that I think is necessary, the turnover margin. Michigan, I've got turnovers for Michigan. Now, keep in mind, and this is something I really didn't pay too much attention to, but it, it hasn't happened all that often. Michigan's actually ranked number three nationally with just six turnovers on the year. They've got three interceptions, and they've got three fumbles. You're and talking so about them turning it over. The offense turning right. the ball over, correct. So I've got Michigan's offensive turnovers set at one and a half on Saturday. Under. Taking I think it's under. the under. I mean, like, they, well, <laughs> game flow, again, if, if they do what they want to do, which is run it a bunch and run it effectively and give it to guys who don't fumble the ball, they'll be fine, and they'll be way under that number. If they get forced into, damn it, we're down 10, we're down 14, now we got to air it out a little bit, and they're doing some things they're a little more uncomfortable with, and maybe J.J. starts to press just a little bit because he hasn't had to do that this year. That's where it could, that's where it could pop up a little bit more. But I'd still take the under because I mean JJ. I know he hasn't played there before, and he's still a young quarterback. But he's he's got to know the importance 
of of taking care of the football in that environment against that kind of team on the road. I, I'll take the under. They've done it all year long. They've taken care of the ball really, really well. Yeah, you know what? Again, it's out of necessity. I'm going to take the under. But I will say this. You know I love J.J. as much as anybody out there. During the stretch, the final stretch there against Illinois, he made some throws, some some decisions late that I thought were, you know, the ball could have been picked off when Michigan was already in field goal range, not really sure what they were trying to do. But J.J. has shown that he has a lot of confidence in himself and what he's trying to do, as he should for good reason. But because I think he's going to have to throw more, it's going to lend itself towards, you know, possibly, you know, maybe throwing an interception. I just think Michigan can't afford to turn the ball yeah. over twice in Columbus and escape with a win. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the under. There's over-unders. One of our better segments, if I Not do say so segment. myself. Not a bad segment for what, heading into week 12. We get a lot of uh, we get a lot of good discussion going with that one, and we'll finish up with a couple uh, a couple predictions, and of course our yeah. our scores for the game tomorrow. But first, but first, I mean, if we ever need a shot in the arm, a little jolt of confidence, you know what Chris and I go to. We go to there that right, right there. there with the Army National Guard out there in Grand Ledge. Um, great people, great experiences, great knowledge, great morals. I mean, every, everything we've ever done with them has made me. Uh, we say it every time made me feel like I need to be better at everything. Not the best, not the best basketball players out there. Whoa. Not the best basketball players. Did that go down? Else, yeah, it, you know what? It didn't go down because he was ducking me. He was ducking me. Whoa. He was he, he was talking a good game. It was supposed to go down on Tuesday. We had the location set, and then he was MIA, probably out on a mission, probably doing something more important than playing basketball with me on a Tuesday. But I just don't know that those guys are hoopers out there. But anything off of the basketball court, <laughs> that's those are the guys you want on your side. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, everything we did with them has just been awesome. I mean, Chris and I have gotten to do a couple things with that group alone in the last calendar year that just, I, I don't think I ever would have thought I'd ever want to do or even get the experience. Dude, when I found out we had the opportunity to go up in a Chinook, I'm like, I'm not going dude. And I thought my dad might disown <laughs> me. He's like, son, he sat down with all serious son. If you don't do this. And I started to think about it more. I have a, a, a crippling fear of heights and I really didn't know what to expect. And it was absolutely incredible. And Chris, yeah. I don't think you love heights, right? And you were hanging out the back end of this thing. Hate heights, hate heights. But for some odd reason, I felt completely at ease and comfortable tethered yeah. to the back of a lift gate wide open thousands of feet in the air, just hanging out back there and, and, and taking it in. And I think that's really a testament to, you know, just you, you put your trust in these guys and you believe that, you know, even if something goes wrong, you're going to be taken care of. So credible experience, man. It, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, my children being born, my, you know, marrying my wife and then, you know, Chinook helicopter that, I mean, that, that is right up there with all those experiences. Crazy. That'll stay with me forever. Crazy. Did you get the ink yet? Ink is coming. Is it not? The ink is coming. The ink is coming. Yeah. To commemorate that experience for awesome. sure. Incredible people, incredible place. I don't really know how it works, but I would say just show up out there and ask questions and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. Seriously. No doubt. That's what it is. Grand Ledge, Michigan Army National Guard. Big shout out to them for being a sponsor all year long. Rico Jesus. Interesting name, by the way. I kind of dig saying it. <laughs> um, thank you for the donation and the question that comes along with it. The worst experiences we have heard about from Michigan fans who mm -hmm. go to the shoe. Honestly, dude, uh, well, I said it already. I've never been there, so I don't have any from personal experience. 
I've never really heard of anything like violent or like, you know, physical. I'm sure it's happened. I mean, I know it's happened. It happens at every sporting event when you get that many people around. It's probably not as much about the fan bases disliking each other as it is alcohol. But all I've heard, I think the worst I've heard is just how they talk. And it doesn't it doesn't really matter if it's like an eight year old kid. People will be like, you right in their face and like drop <laughs> F-bombs. And it doesn't matter. Like you're not old woman, young child. Like you're not safe. It's like it's pretty raucous. It's pretty it's pretty intense, pretty vulgar. Honestly, that's about the worst I've heard. I don't have an experience of someone getting like jumped. And like I said, I've never been there personally, so I can't even I can't even go off of things I've seen on my own. Maybe we will have a great story for you after the post game on Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, there's no, I mean, I've, you know, I've heard things and I don't know how much of that is, is true. I mean, I've, I've heard the things of the, you know, the bottles of urine and somebody, you know, the batteries oh. being thrown and things like that, you know, but I don't know. Is that, is that just people talking shit? Is that real stuff that's, ha- I can tell you personally, I'm not at all. I'm excited to go to the horseshoe. I'm excited to go into that stadium. I'm excited to be in enemy territory for a game like that, where I feel like you're going to get whatever, whatever the shoe is capable of, you're going to get on Saturday for this game, because there's that much at stake. And I am just so grateful to be there and be a part of it. And uh, I can't wait to experience it, man. I go into it with nothing but excitement and uh, gratitude. There you go. This is not a donation. This is our final segment of the week. Place your bets. If you want to get rid of it, don't listen to Chris and I, here we go. Chris, did you create a FanDuel account yet? Not yet. All right. Well, I didn't do real good in the NFL yesterday on Thanksgiving, so we'll see if we can turn it around. We'll see if we can turn it around this weekend. All right. Only two ranked games besides Michigan and Ohio State, so not a real long segment here, Chris, but a couple of interesting ones, a couple guys, a couple teams we've talked about throughout the year, and then, you know, one that all Michigan fans love to hate. So here we go. Number nine, Oregon, Chris. Number nine, Oregon, at number 21, Oregon State. They used to call it the Civil War. The woke police kind of squashed that, so they don't call it that anymore. But it's still a big, obviously, an in-state game, huge rivalry. The Ducks and the Beavers, the Ducks are getting three. The Ducks are – I'm sorry, the Beavers are getting three. The Ducks are favored by three points in that one, Chris. It's in Corvallis. It's at 330. I haven't seen Oregon State play all year. I've seen Oregon look really good. I've seen them look kind of bad. What say you? Give me, aren't they? Aren't, isn't Oregon dealing with quarterback issues right now? Oh, Nix is, Bo Nix is very a little dinged bit dinged up. up. Yeah, very dinged very up. But he dinged is going to play, right? He is going to yeah. play. Yes. Give me Oregon. Give okay. me Oregon. Uh, I just feel like, you know, I feel like Oregon is headed for a Rose Bowl spot. And, uh, you know, probably the loser of this game is going to head there to meet them. I just. I just can't believe Oregon State's like good at football right now. I, you know, yeah. like they don't, it doesn't happen. They very do well. have the mullet, the mullet running things. Or, I mean, dude, when you got a coach. No, right that's now, Oklahoma State. That's, that's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. That's right. That's yeah. right. My bad. I, so they have the no mullet. Orange and black. Orange and black state. I think I'm going to take Oregon too. Bo Nix gutted out last week, and yeah. I'm guessing he'd be a little bit better off this week after having some more time to rehab and get healthy. But. Yeah, I mean, it's a close one. It's a toss-up. It's a hated game. I'll still take the Ducks. Give me the Ducks by three to cover. And then uh, before we get to Michigan and Ohio State, Chris, it's number 15, Notre Dame, at number six, USC. It's a 7 o'clock kick out west, so still an early game out there. 
or seven o'clock kickoff here. So that's, you know, four o'clock out West. Trojans are favored by four and a half over the Irish. This is a sneaky pick where people think like, nah, nah, nah. USC hasn't really run into anything like, like Notre Dame yet. What do you think, man? I just don't have enough belief in, in Notre Dame. And, yeah. and, and I'd be lying if I said I knew a lot about USC, but I know that USC can have a potent offense. And I just, I, I don't believe in Notre Dame at this point. So give me USC. I've flipped, flipped back and forth a little bit on this one because USC does not play defense. Now it would be better for Michigan if Notre Dame won. It correct? would. It would. Notre Dame does not, I'm sorry, USC does not play defense. Notre Dame is going to be pretty sound. They're nowhere near as good on offense. But for me, it comes back to the best player in that game is Caleb Williams playing quarterback for USC. He's really freaking good. I like him a lot. Uh, just a second-year guy, so he's not even draft eligible yet. But I will also take the Trojans. You've got you've got the sleepy Midwesterners going out west. I think USC is going to have too much offense for Notre Dame. So give me the Trojans. USC still got a lot to play for. They do. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. They're, they're working their way on backing into the playoff. If they win this one, then they win the Pac-12 championship game. They've got, they're going to have two more wins on their resume that look pretty good and still just that one loss. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot to play uh, uh, for them still. All right, dude. Go up against like a three-loss LSU team, then it's LSU obviously is going to make it. Number three, Michigan. At number two, Ohio State. At noon in Columbus, the Buckeyes are favored by eight. What do you see tomorrow, Chris? Well, I've been wrestling with this one all week. Me too. I've been, I went from this uh, uber confidence uh, last week to this week. I kind of came back down. You know, I started reading you know, trends and stats and how long it's been. And, and you know what I think I'm guilty of, I'm guilty of letting the ghosts of previous years impact my thought process on what this year is all about. And this year, Michigan is 11 and 0 and they've done it on their own terms. And until a team out there proves that they can stop Michigan from doing what they do, I can't pick against the Wolverines. I just can't do it. So I've got Michigan 37, Ohio State, 31. Six-point win for the Wolverines on Saturday. So the Buckeyes do – the Buckeyes uh, – oh, yeah, they don't – yeah, of course they don't cover. Yeah, no, I got, got the Wolverines it. outright. 37, 31, go blue. And then we drive back to Ann Arbor and we get hammered. I, I'll tell you what, dude. I want that to happen so badly. I want our drive home to be glorious – you and I are singing. There's, there's emotions oozing out of the vehicle. Yeah, we're just loving life. Again, we walk into Wolverine State Brewing Company with a cheers-like welcome. Woo! Our high five and strangers. Hell yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! That's what I want. Unfortunately, oh, Brandon, Brandon Brown. I've got Ohio State 34-24. I don't but know look, what to do with that. I don't look, even know how to respond to that. I don't even know look, how to respond to that. You picked Michigan last year. I picked Ohio State last year, and Michigan beat that ass. They did. So maybe the same thing can happen this year. Maybe that's the formula, you think? Maybe that's the formula. Oh, Tony, Tony, if Michigan wins, 
I, we'll we'll go live and put a whole a concert on the whole way home. How's that sound? I mean, who knows what we're going to be doing? Who knows yeah. what we're going to be doing? But listen, like I said, I just you know, there's there's too much of the previous 21 years that are impacting my judgment on what's happened this year. Am I concerned about the passing game? Yes. Am I worried about Blake Corum South? Absolutely. Am I worried that Michigan's secondary can really shut down a string of wide receivers that are elite and a passing game that is that is dangerous? Yes. But at the end of the day, Michigan has been able to dictate the pace of the game for the most part all year. There isn't a single team that's proven that they can beat them, so I'm sure as hell not going to pick against them in the final week of the season in the biggest game of the year. I know that the deck is, the deck is stacked against them. I know that Ohio State is an eight-point favorite. I don't give a shit. Wolverines 37, Buckeyes 31. Book it. I mean, I love your enthusiasm. I do. Book it. I love it. I but love you know it. why? Because they're going to get in his ass. They're going to get in C.J. Stroud's ass. They're going to make things difficult. They're going to pull out some of those bag of tricks plays. And Blake Corum's going to show up with a bionic knee, perfectly <laughs> tailor-made, to just make shit happen on Saturday. I think we're going to see the Michigan offense that we want to see Saturday. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, Matt E., we are not no. taking Rosie. And Drew Shadow, Chateau, Chateau. Not really yeah, kicking not really in anywhere. Doing a lot yeah. of kicking in. By the time we roll up, yeah. by the time we get there, it's going to be pretty much time to get into the stadium, start to get our bearings. You know, I'll head down to the field, Brandon. I'll head up to the press box. Look, we wanted it to be a little bit different. We wanted to be able to take Rosie down and do a tailgate. You know, unfortunately, the folks over in Columbus just weren't really willing to work with us until like almost like the very last minute. But even that was kind of like it was all thrown together last minute, and we weren't able to really. Uh, put together what we wanted there. And so we're going to, we're going to make the safe play because obviously the most important part is making the game, being there at the game, being able to report on it, shoot it, experience it. And then everything that comes along with that. And so we'll probably be rolling up into Columbus right around nine o'clock or so, nine 30. Yeah. And then it's get to the stadium and start to get to work. Chateau drew Chateau. Appreciate the inquiry, but yeah, it's going to be more like roll up, get to work, get going. I mean, like it's all business for everybody. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, let me send an email to the Ohio state sports information director. Hey, you know, the guys at Iowa, Indiana, they were super accommodating. Can we bring our RV up there? We're really excited about it. We just really no. wanted to just. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. Who are you with? Who are you? No with? love. Are you from no Michigan? Love. No, no, no love. But anyway, we don't need it. We don't want it. We're going to be up in there regardless. Ass. We're going to be all up in that stadium. Up in the ass. Just so many asses to get into. <laughs> it's going to be ass getting into weekend. Getting into all kinds of ass. That's you right. Get, we will. We will call you if we get stuck into Appreciate that to send us on our way. Safe travels to everybody else. If anybody else is going down to yeah, uh, hell yeah. that area, me and Chris will be Pullout game will be strong tomorrow morning. That's all I have strong. to say about that. Strong and hopefully joyful. That's all I have to say about that. So thank you so much, guys. We will see. We'll see what happens. I mean, if me and Chris get a little, you know, we're feeling a little feeling a little frisky, maybe we'll go live before the game tomorrow on our ride in. Maybe we'll go live somewhere. We'll see. It's, yeah. you know, a road games do pose a little bit of a, a hurdle with that. So we'll see what ends up happening. And then after the game, we will certainly go live. I think maybe, Chris, it might even be worth a 
quick five or ten minute live immediately after the game before we do a little bit more of a sit down when we get back to Wolverine. But we'll uh, we'll talk about all that tomorrow. Everybody, we just, cool? need, a w. We we just cool? need a damn W. I'm a little on edge. I'm a little freaked out. I'm a little excited. Uh, my emotions are all over the place. We just got to get Ohio things. State to win. Are you mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you because I think deep down there's a part of me that feels that way too. But again, I think I'm yeah. just snake bitten by the way things have been, and I'm trying to I'm trying to keep it into perspective and what's happened this year. And I remember saying it a couple weeks ago that I love the brand of football that this team is playing. I think they're playing the exact brand of football needed to go and beat Ohio State. And I'm not going to shy away from that at this point, man. I think if they've got Blake Quorum in there, I feel much better about the set of circumstances. I like the defense. I think J.J. McCarthy's got something for him. I believe in this team. Let's let it fly. Let's let it fly in Columbus. Get it done, you guys. It. Get it done. At some point tomorrow, you will see us again. You will Just see keep us. Keep it locked. We appreciate the support, as always. Go blue, dude. I'll say it this time. I'll say it this time. Go blue.